0: What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Alicia Battaglia in the host seat, and joining us today is Rose Locke, our FBC's worship production manager and creative (laughs) designer. She had to look that up, because
1: even (laughs) I don't know that title. Well, it's
0: awesome, and I just want to say thank you because what you so much of what you do is behind the scenes and your creative artistic uh, holy spirit driven work is um, is behind the scenes and so we don't actually see a whole lot of what you're doing but we get to benefit from it uh, in our corporate gra- gathering so not just that but just the beauty of the building too we know your hand is yeah we may not uh, see God rose so, but God we, God see so we see her creations the, and, yes the and beauty here that she has um created so anyway thank you for oh. faithfully uh just doing your job so well <laughs> and uh we also have you've already heard him our senior okay. pastor He's got a little easier uh, title
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mark <laughs> harry hey you <laughs> uh yes and hey speaking of hey uh happy spring yesterday was the first day of spring and i am so excited so yeah it's a good time but yeah. my father-in-law
1: used to call it fast time versus slow time and i told i told my husband I, I get that sense. Like, it felt like yesterday went really fast because it was still light in the evening. Yep. And so we're back on fast time. Yeah. I like fast time. Coming out of hibernation. <laughs> yeah, no and... more dark and all that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, very good. Well, uh, we uh, had a wonderful weekend uh, here at Fellowship this past weekend. And um, we're in Acts 10, jumping into a little bit of Acts 11, which is probably... I don't know, maybe one of the most important chapters in the book of Acts. Um, maybe even the whole Bible, especially when it um, comes to us Gentiles. But Rose, I'll come your way. I'd love to hear maybe your just kind of summary of
1: your thoughts from the weekend. Well, I'll say I don't know, Mark, how you it's it was so much material and there's so much in there. Um, when we first started Acts, I kind of snuck ahead and wanted to do some study on my own. And even some of the things that I dug out in my limited knowledge of scripture, you weren't even able to touch on some of those mm. things. Like, So I have questions about, well, first of all, I think it's evidence that it's that important Because basically, in this piece of Acts, um, we're told the same story three different times, right? From three Mm -hmm, different perspectives. And so God's word is not, like the Bible is not that long, considering that it's the revelation of God, right? So the fact that um, in that short period of Acts, they tell the same story three times, and they tell the same story almost in identical words, it Mm -hmm. just kind of goes as a proof of how absolutely important this is. And it's
2: the longest sermon of Peter's. I mean, I think it's longer than... The other passages that we've, or more in terms of his focus on Christ and stuff like that. So, So yeah, that's a good observation. Yeah,
0: it's God put it there intentionally for us to. Yeah, that's a good point, Rose. I mean, repeating
2: something three times, kind of like, okay, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, like, why is this story so important? And I think um, as as I was helping prepare the worship service itself. I was struck again by this um, the fact that God grafted us in I I was sharing with the choir as we were preparing to lead this weekend that um, I'm very far from being Jewish right I don't don't have any Jewish traditions I don't have any Jewish heritage like I don't have an understanding of that culture at all there is no way this uh, little girl from northwestern Pennsylvania can become a Jew Mm -hmm. but God in his like amazing merciful grace grafts us in something mm-hmm. that we could never have done ourselves mm-hmm. and so I think that's part of what makes this passage so beautiful mm-hmm. to me is it just shows the sovereignty and the love and the um, he's looking at my heart not at my outward yeah oh, Jewishness.
2: I, I think too I it's it's like um, inspired by us because Luke is the only Gentile author of the in the New Testament so oh, I
0: guess I never thought about that, yeah, so but that's he, right.
2: So, you know, again, it's divine inspiration, but it was almost as if this Gentile, Luke, is wanting to accentuate mm. so clearly because he's been on that side. Mm. And to say three times, he tells that story. He weaves it into his narrative here. Um, he wants his Jewish brethren and he wants the Gentile brethren to, to know and cisterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to one know.
1: one of my one of my other observations in the course of reading this passage is that there are so many time words like um while he was still while he was praying while he was still speaking at one point it says he immediately got up and did what god told him to do so there mm-hmm. are there are so many words that kind of in in the use of those words emphasizes the um urgency and the importance and the value of what's happening. Yeah, in it, these it's narratives. almost as if
2: the one pl- places where Peter immediately went and yes. got up and went, it, yeah. and it's almost it's like he's insinuating that if Peter would have thought five extra minutes on this, he would have never gone.
0: It's exactly right. But well, it, I mean, it just
2: moved. He went yeah.
0: when he was receiving the vision with the blanket and the animals. He, you know, he's he's basically. Uh, Fighting back with God, like no, you know, I'm I'm not going to do this. I, I pleaded back with the Lord three times. Here we go, the number three again, and I I wonder if he felt like maybe the Lord was testing him in that because here he is, you know, this this Jewish and he this is he's going to remain clean. He's not going to associate with unclean, and this this is a test, you know. No, I am the good Jewish boy, um, but then he. You know, God brings it around and affects His heart, um, and which which is something that stood out to me. Um, that uh, let's see, um, where was it in ten twenty eight? Um, he says, uh, Peter says, but God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. And I think that he's realizing that here is a situation where it's no longer about circumcision. It's no longer about food food laws, but it's about people and that God's not showing partiality any longer. There's no more favoritism. And so I can imagine just how these, just in his heart and mind, how these barriers are starting to come down because they've you know they've always had the law which the moral law which is God's you know that reflects God's character but then there's the set-apart laws of circumcision the food laws the festivals you know these these things are that were purposeful just to set them apart but here we see God's basically like repealing these laws and saying "Mm, that's not what's gonna mark you as mine anymore what's gonna mark you is faith in Christ Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty huge. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, very much so. Um, yeah, th- they like you're saying, Rose. There, there is little details like that that you can see in the text that Luke is. I think Luke knew this was a very important mm-hmm. uh, passage in in that he's writing. It it is significant. It is kind of a a demarcation line here that. Um, which, by the way, and I brought this out, is, I think it was obviously the wisdom of God to have Peter be the one to bring that to the Gentiles when it could have just as easily have been Paul. Yeah, Saul yeah. had been well, saved, and, Peter, and it comes right after yeah. the chapter that.
1: And well, I just get tickled by Peter. You know, we talk, sometimes we give, give him our time a little bit, but he can be so, like, um, he can go, sometimes it feels like he goes from zero to 100 miles an hour in a second you know what I mean and that like that word immediately is an example so it's almost like once god grabs grabs his heart with something then he's just going to go do it and it it's just a it's just an encouragement to me sometimes cuz i have that tendency in myself yeah. to go from 0 to 100 miles an hour yeah. and sometimes um, i i i get reprimanded for that but to see that god can use that kind of personality yeah. type for his glory is an encouragement to me and
2: you know you know that um the gospel of mark um mark's main source was peter and one of the favorite words in the gospel of mark is the word immediately Hmm. so he's gathering all the stuff listening to peter jotting the stuff down just so happens that that word immediately and boom 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 the action of gospel mark that's the uh, that's kind of the uh, the the genre of mark's gospel it is fast-paced moving and so that immediately here is uh was typical of peter
1: and that's one of the things that i'm always amazed at you do mark is that you look at our whole body you look at these passages of scriptures you have a heartbeat for our congregation and the body here and what they need to glean from these passages of scripture and you are able to make those choices so carefully mm. so i always like to hear like kind of um why you chose to pull out the applications you did, because I, I, like an example, when I did this passage, Tim Sanford had just preached a sermon where he was talking about doing, he had just done the character study of Luke. So as I was studying through this part of um, Acts on my own, I was like, hmm, what are principles we can draw from Peter And the way he behaved, and then next week's gonna be Barnabas, and I was still chewing on that. So, what are principles we could pull from Barnabas? But like, you didn't even talk about the things we're talking about right now, which is kind of Peter's personality, basically. Mm -hmm. And so, like, like you chose to focus on, um, uh, he uses people, right? Mm -hmm. And you chose to focus on the idea that he sees the heart. So, can you just give us like, like why out of this passage of all the things you could have pulled, those were the.
2: Well, the 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 main you know the week before I devoted to Acts chapter ten. Now, my dear wife asked me, "So why did you read chapter ten again this week?" (laughs) But I think I think it is a unit, and to read it through and to uh, you know express those those um, some of those thoughts in Acts chapter ten, because the main point of this week was chapter Mm eleven, was that what and. to me, the the whole point of chapter eleven, one through eighteen, was Peter's defense.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, why did he have to defend himself? Because mm-hmm. of verse one, two, and three, because of the criticism,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you know something you've just brought up again that I think I, I I think the apostles, the disciples, the people that he goes back to in Jerusalem, they they knew Peter, they <laughs> knew he was uh, he was. Uh, I don't wanna say A D D but he was he was right. uh impetuous. I mean, Because
1: he, yeah, because if we go back to was, the beginning of Acts, we go back to the beginning of Acts and they're praying, right? And who stands up and talks yeah. finally? Yeah. Everybody's kinda of quiet, praying, seeking yeah. the Lord, and finally Peter stands up and says, Okay, folks, we gotta do yeah. something now. Who was right? there and,
2: at the day of Pentecost? I mean yeah. Peter was he's the spokesman, he's a leader. Yeah. But he, he would act a bit um What's the word? I'm, I'm impetuous. Yes, he, just used, he yeah. was, and and we see that in the Gospels. I mean, Jesus. Uh, oh, I'll never, you know, uh, deny you. And <laughs> right. Peter, you're going to do it three times, right. or you know that type of thing. He grabs the sword, cuts off Malchus's ear. <laughs> I mean, and so I'm sure he goes back to Jerusalem, and I'm sure when the word gets out, it's like, oh, there's Peter again. <laughs> Going off, you know, half crazy, and opening his mouth when he shouldn't have opened up. But what are you doing, Peter? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the question. You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them, chapter eleven, verse three. So, why I wanted to focus on on that is that to me that he gives his defense, uh, forced to uh, because of the criticism. So that was to me the the central thing that Luke is writing about. So why would they have criticized Peter? What what is the basis of the criticism? It goes back to the Gentile Jewish the mm-hmm. the the rift or or whatever the chasm that existed between them and that they looked on the outward appearance. Mm-hmm. That's why they were doing it. And to me, that then seemed to be the application that we needed to walk away with. Mm-hmm. If if Peter would have acted like a typical Jew who saw the outward appearance and not the inward, not God's heart on this thing. The door would have not been open to the right. Gentiles. Yeah, right. who who might we push at, yes. keep at arm 's length who might we be not sharing the gospel with because of our out because of the, our perception or whatever that they are unsavable or that you know they're disgusting to the Lord or right. whatnot, what which is what, exactly what the, they, the, the what Jews thought. That's what stood
0: out. They're like, they totally miss the main point that here, not only a man, but a whole household has been saved. And they're concerned about... Peter going to eat with with these people and so they're missing the main main point but so that makes me think about Cornelius and so we in with with Cornelius we see that he's right on the hinge of faith between Old Testament faith and New Testament faith so he's um he's not following the Roman gods he's a devout follower of Yahweh and um so there, you know, there can be a lot of question about how how is Cornelius' faith and situation different than that of Abraham's? Because Abraham's righteousness was his faith was counted to him as right righteousness, and here we see Cornelius, someone who is um, obviously seeking God, and his prayers have been heard by God. Mm-hmm. He sends an angel to to um, encounter him. So it says it. Your, you, your
2: prayers and alms have been have ascended.
0: Yeah. Can you draw that out a little bit? And well,
2: <laughs> maybe not. But if Cornelius was living back in the Old Testament time,
1: he would have been credited as righteous. I think so. <laughs> yes. I and we so ha-
2: again, we know that he wasn't say that that his righteousness was not credited to him as righteousness because it says. Uh, uh, in in chapter eleven, um, he he re, he is recounting. Um, uh, let's see, at verse fourteen, the story of Cornelius. Mm-hmm. You know, he reported to us how he had seen verse thirteen, the angel standing there, and you know, Simon Peter's a guy called Peter's going to come here. And verse fourteen says, "And he will speak words to you by which you will be saved."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, he wasn't at that point. So right. um, so. something is happening um, also, well, something is happening in Acts that is transitioning out of that old into something new. The other thing, the difference between Cornelius and Abraham is that Cornelius was a Gentile. Mm
1: -hmm. And in order to,
2: if he was a Jew, Mm -hmm. it it may have still been a credit to him as righteous.
1: There was no way that um, Cornelius could have become a Jew like he,
2: he well he could have been, been a proselyte he yes, would have he could and, then, and then and then right. but the pathway to that relationship with Yahweh was only through Judaism yes. mm-hmm. through through the Mosaic system mm-hmm. and now God is saying nope that's over I'm bypassing that that system and that way is now done mm-hmm. uh, again going back to the stephen story stephen he he was connecting the dots he knew that and that's why he was killed because yeah. uh and Again, going back to that Stephen story, that's why I also think none of the disciples were there to his defense because they weren't buying that. Mm-hmm. It took this whole situation uh, to take place. And, um, no, if in the past, in the Old Testament, Cornelius would have had to have been a full-fledged proselyte, mm-hmm. cir- the right of circumcision. circumcision. That, that's right. why that was such a big thing. Right. And that's why they hung on to it. The Judaizers hung on to that. No, they have got to be a full-fledged member of 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 the of the Old Testament community, mm-hmm. and that was through the rite of circumcision, and that didn't happen to Cornelius. But it wasn't because he was circumcised that he ended up having eternal life. It was because he believed in Jesus, right? And which is another situation is that, that
0: we saw uh, just a couple of chapters ago in Acts eight with the Ethiopian eunuch. Here is another person who is in the Scriptures seeking. God and seeking understanding and here we see Philip come and uh bring the gospel to him and he believes and um something really interesting about that too is um back in chapter 8:35 it says then Philip opened, Philip opened his mouth and then oh, here yeah, we right, saw right, right. Peter who yeah, opened his mouth his and um so that makes me think about okay So what is the difference between evangelism versus our testimony? Because we're like in our small groups, we're talking about building bridges and sharing the gospel and, you know, our lives are a testimony, our lives are witness, but there clearly is a difference between our lives being a testimony and actually opening our mouth. So what, let's talk about that a little bit.
2: (laughs) Well, and by, and by the way, that Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch was a full-fledged Jew, I think. Mm. I mean, he'd yeah, been yeah, up to yeah. the temple; right. he was a worshipper. You know, the the what is it? The traditions talk about in, in the 586, in the when the Babylonians came, Jeremiah is believed. You know, some believe that the Ark of the Covenant right. was actually it's s- taken to taken, taken down, Egypt. Yeah. D- yeah. Okay. right okay. down, to the down that area. area yeah. So there was probably uh, they were <laughs> they were Jewish followers and, and whatnot, yeah. but. Um, um, so th- th- yeah the, the the point about uh opening our mouth um is that God 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 has condescended to us mm-hmm. to use language and um so we communicate he has communicated his good news about himself through language written and spoken um so so Content has to be shared mm-hmm. content has to be you have the word, the very nature of the word believe really demands an object it it's otherwise it's kind of a dangling verb you right. know believe believe what faith well faith in what, what? Is that? <laughs> you, it just demands an object, mm-hmm. and content then has to be supplied so that you you put your um uh you you put your faith in something and so that has to get communicated. It is not going to be an impression. It's not going to be a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's now.
1: It's a. It's. A, I mean, I think I was thinking about your story about Rosaria Butterfield, mm-hmm. and um what what would have happened? I mean, I know what ifs. It's a. It's a funny game to play. But what if that? couple or who Mm -hmm. had befriended her and engaged with her and loved her and cared for her um, what if they had not spoken into her like would God have grabbed a hold of her another way would God have used someone else and the answer is yes the answer Mm -hmm. to that question is yes Mm -hmm. correct so I was thinking about how what a great privilege we have when God gets to use us in the course of someone else's story. That's right. Because what an encouragement to that couple who were willing to risk. I'm sure they risked ridicule. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes as Christians, when we open ourselves up to minister to people that others would judge, and we befriend them and we care for them, we open ourselves up to the ridicule and the criticism of, others that we're in community with right and so what a beautiful encouragement to those people to be a part of her story which mm-hmm. has turned out to be a pretty impactful and important story mm-hmm. in 20th century mm-hmm. america yeah. or 21st century america
2: by the way mm-hmm. i had a girl come up to me after the first service i think it was um after the first service meg oakleaf and she says oh, uh-huh. I, we lived at syracuse mm-hmm. we knew that pastor and his wife. And and she remembers reading Rosaria Butterfield's scathing denunciation in some publication, might've been, you know, in a newspaper about Christianity and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that was a very real thing, but yeah, it took God used real people. Now think of it this way too. That's exactly what he did for us.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: The word that is what is described in John one one. The Word, Logos. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God communicated uh, to us in a physical, real encounter where He becomes and He is the Word that speaks His mm-hmm. truth to us. He comes to us. So that that has always been God's way. He sent the prophets. He sent. He wants us now. I. I Mentioned maybe a week, or one of the services last week. I think um, my own wife, Lisa. No one witnessed to her. She read the Bible, but it's still a communication of mm-hmm. of words. Of the uh, you know there that God took the concept of eternal salvation in print,
1: which, and which I'll put her on my she trusted put on my artist hat, which which is um, <clears throat> which is words are so cool. Because we can communicate so many things in so many different ways and make so many different pictures, just recombining words yeah. and communicate. Kate, um, like I was thinking about Luke, um, Mark, several years ago. you Can you tell me what year you preached a sermon series on the book of Luke?
2: Oh, that might have been. Oh, I know. It was 2012 and 2013. Okay, so, I believe. and yeah. when
1: you preached that sermon series on the book of Luke, I remember us talking about how discipleship was a very important theme in the book of Luke, and that the book of Luke is one of the only books where. Um, it emphasizes Jesus relationship with even the outer Jews with the ch- it emphasizes Jesus relationship with the children. It mm-hmm. emphasizes Jesus relationship with women. The and
2: c- Centurions are brought in right there. This,
1: that, like and so that seems to be part of Luke's heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then John, John, um what you were in the beginning was the word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right, but then John also writes revelation these vivid eye, these vid- eye candy pictures mm-hmm. of what the end of time is going to be like, so it 's like God uses different people with different personalities and different creative abilities to communicate different things and facets about himself because he 's so wide and deep and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
2: Romans one <laughs> brings that out where. Uh, that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen mm-hmm. being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. So creation and all that is, is, um, is sufficient to arouse an understanding that there's a creator God. It's not sufficient to eternally save someone, though,
0: right? And God, has, and
2: that's where words come in.
0: Yeah, and God has invited us to be fellow workers. First in First Corinthians three, uh, verse nine: For we are God's fellow workers. Yep. you are God's field, God's building, and like I, that's a, a picture of God inviting us into His His work. Like He is this beautiful Creator, and He's the way of salvation is. special and he's invited us into that and we are all so very different and so how that's going to be communicated it's you know we're all different people we speak different you know we have different languages and cultures and all the things so the way that that's communicated may be different but the main thing is the main thing and and in the uh, a few verses before that um Paul is saying, well, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. And then we are God's fellow workers. But here, you know, obviously God is the one who gets the credit for doing all of the work mm-hmm. and bringing the growth, but we get invited into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: he's Which so is why it's cool to it's so simple, right? It goes back to what we've been talking about. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, we are sinners. Um, we needed to be reconciled to a holy God. We needed the blood sacrifice for that to happen. God sent his son to become flesh, yep. crucified, <laughs> dead and buried and made alive again yeah. so we can believe in him and have <laughs> eternal life. So, you know, like the simplicity is awesome because then the simplicity in the it, the – um, different ways of communicating it um, just allows the truth to always be present yeah mm-hmm.
2: the thing that sim- that simple message I-, I think that's one reason why god in a sovereignty chose cornelius to be <laughs> the door because um because he was um a, a god fearer uh, a-, a-, a worshiper and-, and enamored with judaism he knew probably all about the sacrifices. He knew all about so all of those. He he was Jewish, mm-hmm. in a sense, mm-hmm. and so a, a, a rank pagan centurion, fresh off the boat from Rome. W- there would have been a lot of things to have to to yes. lay the groundwork yeah. on yeah. as as Paul. Your would. God,
1: my God, lots of God. That's right, and and <laughs> right it, it is
2: interesting that Peter didn't have to go all that through all right. that. Uh, he could, you know, he said, "You know about Jesus. You, you know, you know these things." Well, let me tell you how you can have forgiveness of sins. He died and rose again. So, that's that's a probably another uh, reason why Cornelius was the one that God chose to, to do this, mm-hmm. um, because it did simplify things. Uh, as we go into rest of the book of Acts and we see the missionary journeys of Paul, he will always first go to the synagogues. So he will start there to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. So he still will start with that Jewish audience, mm-hmm. and, um, and and then part of that branch out be to the those Gentiles. Kinds
1: of ideas that then the conversion of the Jewish people in that area of the world then allows them to lay those maybe other groundwork things that need to be laid. That's to what have a complete and understanding, and at least that's
2: what you would hope. Yes. Uh, You know, now they also came in and, and as we'll see, they they had to convene four chapters later a Jerusalem council council to to kind of handle all these things. But there, I I think as that chapter 11 closed, when it says, uh, you know, when they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God. Well, then God has granted to the Gentiles also repentance Mm -hmm. that leads to life. The chapter starts with probably a concern that Peter was shooting his mouth off like he typically did. But it ends with them accepting it because they also knew Peter had the gravitas. I mean, mm-hmm. he, they, they respected it also. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when he told the story of what God did, and then it was the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and he witnessed this, and mm-hmm. it was... And again, it
1: had to have been a very dramatic thing to oh see my. someone like Peter... Eating yes. in Cornelius' home, and he doesn't, he stays there for a while. That's he doesn't right. just go and no, then exit. There's some good right.
2: discipleship going yeah. on there, too. He
1: stays, once he converts, once he shares the gospel with Cornelius, he stays there a yeah. while. Yeah. And that had to be pretty, like, um, dramatic
0: for the other disciples to see him yeah. staying well, also, in the home. Yeah, also, he, a, he other. Yes. been staying with. Um, Simon the Tanner. Tanner. Yeah. So, like, he already was kind of breaking down his barriers by mm-hmm. staying with an unclean person.
2: He'd, he'd witnessed the Samaritan thing. You know, they can't. They went there and confirmed what had happened there. Well, maybe that's a little more acceptable because they were half Jews or I don't know how he justified that. Right. But, but yeah. So, so they,
0: Yeah, God's obviously working. <laughs> and he
2: brought the six Jews with him. So there's mm-hmm. seven people. I don't know if they came with Peter. We don't know if he went to Jerusalem, and they, you know, there were seven of them right. that confirmed. Yep, yeah, we saw it too. But they did embrace it. They accepted it, and um, from that moment on, we begin to see a movement more and more away from Jerusalem, away from Judaism. And as we get more into the Book of Acts, we'll pick up now Paul's missionary journeys and those types of things. And it's uh, it 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 is all um, all planned. And, and unfolding according to the sovereign purposes mm-hmm. of God. And that was the other thing to, that I really wanted to bring out. This God's fingerprints are all over this. Yeah. They were just responding. And to Peter's credit, he responded, as you've said, immediately. I mean, he, all right, boom. And um, I think that is something we could also take away from. It's just the sensitivity that we need to have to to reach out to people to be open you know we can uh, let me just say I, i can i can be i can get um frustrated with world with the situation with stupid people who make horrendous (sighs) economic or political decisions or whatnot you know or or traffic decisions that get in my (laughs) way but you know do we are we really looking at that neighbor uh who is um is not very neighborly or is just obtuse and, and and is doing stuff that you know the dog is barking till three in the morning or whatnot. or do we look at people as people that need a savior yeah and yeah. that and that realizing
0: is, too that that god is he may may very well be working in the hearts of that other person that we may. Um, not think favorably of, but but what's happened with the eunuch and what happened with Cornelius is God was sending yep. someone else to to like bring the picture together. Like, okay, maybe God's starting to work here, but you need more of the story to bring it all together. And that's the beauty of how God uses people to reach people. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he and, gets the glory. And
2: you and you might be. I read somewhere once that it takes seven touches, connections before. Someone comes to faith. I don't know where they come up with that, but but it's, it can be a <laughs> yeah, process. I you may that. be touch number three. Right. That's okay. Yeah. I remember hearing uh, an apologist, Greg Kokel, who's got a ministry called uh, Stand to Reason out in California, and he said, "Look, I'm perfectly content. I I'm a seed planter. I do apologetic stuff. I plant seeds and get people to think." Most he said, "I I rarely close the deal." Mm but I'm preparing the soil because I know that God is going to bring some other people mm-hmm. along who will close the deal. So we're, yeah. we who knows? I, did, I often think too, um, and, and just a kind of a quick takeaway. Um, I, you've heard stories. I know I have heard stories of, of people we have, we, we experience here at fellowship Bible church where there might be a wayward child or, or somebody living who knows where, you know, out in Chicago. and, Um, the 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 parents you hear parents say, um, I just wish I pray that God will bring someone into their life, because Mm -hmm. the door has been closed for us to Mm -hmm. communicate it, and that God will just bring one of His people, one of His children, to connect with them along that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I doubt that Cornelius had a mom and dad who were born (laughs) again, and but you know that God orchestrated (laughs) that, but we will never know maybe of a praying parent or grandparent. Mm -hmm. There might be someone right within our realm of uh, a neighbor, a a coworker, someone stranger at a Walmart Mm -hmm. that you might run into uh, as you're speeding by Um, (laughs) inside joke. But to be, to, 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 if we're just open and sensitive, that's what Peter was to the leading of the Lord. And that's just, and then immediately obey. You feel the nudging of the Lord, Go ahead, open your mouth, and point people to Jesus. And it might—you might you might be the answer to some parent or grandparent's prayer for their d- dear loved one who doesn't know Jesus. Yeah. Wouldn't that be neat? That's I'm sure good. there'll be tons of stories like that in heaven.
0: That's good. Yeah. Well, this is a great spot to put the brakes on to this conversation. <laughs> uh, Rose, yes. Uh can you update us on announcements? What's coming oh, up? Well, I was instructed to talk about Easter.
1: Okay. I'm very excited about the Easter season coming up. Um, I'm excited. Well, I'm excited every Sunday for the worship services. We, we just really get this fun opportunity to communicate um, the simplicity of the gospel in just all kinds of varied ways. But Palm Sunday particularly is going to be really exciting because we're going to um, have families worship together. So that's mm. coming on Palm Sunday. And for the first time um, in many until, years. Until
2: the sermon.
1: <laughs> and, until the sermon. <laughs> and, for, <laughs> and for many years, uh, we haven't actually bought full-blown palm branches. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, wow. Um, so Palm Sunday is going to be great. Good Friday, um, there are going to be two services, 11 o'clock in the morning and 7 o'clock in the evening. And um, we are going to take communion on Good Friday. Uh, the... Um, Uh, The service is really going to focus on some of the things that are results of uh, Christ's death on the cross on our behalf. And it's coming together really. It's going to be a very beautiful service coming together very nicely. Um, And then Easter Sunday is just going to be really cool. Um, I'm hoping we're going to have like a 25 voice choir. We're going to have an orchestra and we're going to just celebrate the fact that Jesus rose from the grave that's wonderful. So, and that we get to be witnesses of it for the future. Um, so at, on Easter Sunday, there's children's ministry at uh, 930, 930 and, and, 11. and 11, yep, 11, but just preschool and nursery, not elementary school. Mm-hmm. Okay, And there are no learning center classes that day either. Right. So there's tons of details, but it's all on the website. So look it up if you need, if you don't remember what I said.
0: Very good. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Rose. Thank you, Mark. The fact of the matter, guys, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless